what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. And today is episode number one in terms of the investment podcast. Business English, baby. Oh my God. So excited about this. First and foremost, man, big shout out to the world. Big shout out to you guys are amazing. To see so many cities listening to me, man, I just want to continue pumping out this beautiful content. As a matter of fact, By the time you guys listen to this, I will have gotten my first business online client. She was actually a TOEFL student before. She's a naval architect from Spain doing amazing things. And now she's venturing out into the entire meditacion, meaning meditation and yoga area. This is about, uh, you know, mindfulness and meditation and personal development. So, you know, she said, you know what, I need a monthly coach to help me with, you know, whether it's my writing or do this or do that. And business English is everything. So with the business Patreon, Dependent on what lessons I give my students on there, more than likely, like with her, because I'm starting off at the elementary level, as you guys may have heard in season six, uh, over there, it might go straight into upper intermediate. So again, if you guys want the really, really good, crazy good, we're talking season nine stuff or season eight, season nine stuff, again, let me know. I see a lot of you are clicking and whatnot on my Patreon. So grateful for you guys, man. Just amazing folks all around. And with that being said, I don't want to oversaturate you with so much information today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to separate the amazing listening in regards to different financial products, level of risk, et cetera, et cetera, onto the other uh, on the next podcast rather than this one. Today, I want to give a full introduction into the different types of financial products. But first, I want to give you guys a question. Now, let's look at it this way. You have just won 200,000 US dollars. How would you invest that money in the current economic climate and why? See, if you're not able to answer that question, then there seems to be a little bit of a problem, right? Because we're Come on, and even even with me, I'd be like, okay, well, you know what? I would try to hurry up and buy land, but I can't buy land in a foreign country. I would have to, again, if I'm going to invest in a physical business, it has to be in a place where I know that the 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 potential, the the potential rise in, I, I don't know, it could be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be this, it could be that. Whatever I'm trying to do it in, I have to make sure that it's going in the right direction. I'm not going to invest, obviously, in Blockbuster or video cassette tapes right? I would invest in a hot stock. Let me give you an example. I just started teaching a pharmacist who now works for DKSH. And, you know, she, DKSH here in Thailand, it's like a distributor. It's a logistics company that sends a lot of different things and, you know, all that good stuff. Again, logistics and supply chain management is going to be something I might get into in a couple of more, uh, uh, a couple of more seasons from here. Sales, investment, possibly corporate finance or, or, or who knows, and then it's going to be logistics. But anyways, let's stay on track here. The woman, I said, hey, do you have stock? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, shit, you invest. She said, yes. I looked at the guy. I said, do you invest? I think I believe they both invest into the same product, which is called OR under the PTT umbrella. PTT is what they say out here. It's an oil company, okay? The Gulf of Thailand, they got these massive drills, just as they do in the Gulf of Mexico and all these, they're drillers, right? They drill for oil. Obviously, the Arabian Peninsula, it, it has all the drills out there. That's why they are the richest countries in the world. 
So in saying that, I said, do you still invest? She said, no, my investment increased by 80%. I hurry up and pulled out and that was it. She got in the game as a pharmacist. We're talking to academic, although the majority of us are academics out there, but she invested. She wasn't going to learn any of this, obviously, online. But she said, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to invest in this stock because I believe in it. If you are getting into investment, invest into things that you use. Now, I would never invest into Apple because I think Apple has done a great disservice to humanity. I think my products, and because they're five to six years old, they unwittingly and inadvertently slow them down. But I would invest into the likes of Under Armour if I believe Under Armour is going to get better. If you guys don't know what Under Armour is, it's an apparel. It's an apparel company, okay? All right? So I would invest into, um, uh, again, I wouldn't invest into nostalgic things such as what you guys have heard with GameStop and everything, but I would have to do a little bit of research. So a lot of people would say invest into the things that you use on a routine basis, like the line application. Now, I wouldn't invest in line because they blocked me and I cussed them out. Okay, there are <laughs> there are a number of other oh, WhatsApp. I wouldn't invest in WhatsApp because I know Mark Zuckerfuck, excuse my French, has his goddamn hands in that pot. I'm not giving you any money, Mark Zuckerfuck, because you suck. Because you have switched up all the algorithms and everyone who even likes my Facebook page, they don't even get notifications because of you. So, anyways, okay, breathe in. Okay, let that let that nastiness out. Okay. <sighs> All right, we're back at it. Get it? Got a 25-year-old gorgeous student, gorgeous from top to bottom, soul and everything. I told her, I said, what did you get into over this weekend? Or I asked her. She said, I enrolled into a financial course where I learned online about the SET, the Stock Exchange of Thailand. I said, see, because financial education is not taught in schools, you are going to have to learn from this. So what I want to ultimately do is bring on uh, a guy who his name is Marco. He has a huge YouTube channel and I want to bring him on to talk about a couple of things and invest in, you know, it, 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 uh, just an amazing, oh my God, man. I'm going to see if I can bring him on in terms of the investments, right? The investment podcast and whatnot. So again, what would you invest in? If you own land, you're going to get money for life. Um, if you and you have all the leverage in the world because someone comes to you and says hey i would like to build this i'd be like okay well it's going to cost this and you're going to have to pay this per month no okay goodbye and i would just hoard hoard meaning keep the hell out of that land i really would you ain't building the damn thing on this kind of like central park you got a big park in the middle of the city if that type and that size of the park in the way and as, as big as it is was in the middle of bangkok the government and everybody else and the higher ups in this country would have taken it apart because they know money, 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 value, 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 dollar sign, dollar sign, or bot sign, bot sign, bot sign. Regardless of the amount of pollution and the amount of traffic and the amount of noise and all that craziness that it brings to the neighborhood, it's all about money. Okay. Now, there it is. How would you invest it? Now, going into the different types of words and definitions in terms of financial products, right? We got commodities, okay? Now, before I even get it, okay, so we got commodities, currencies, diversifying, equities, fixed income, investment fund, investment portfolio, market trends, stock exchange, and yield. We have a lot of vocabulary terms, and I'm going to tell you each of the definitions here. And then, again, on my Business English uh, podcast badge, 
you'll be able to look into the different types of investment service, services, such as equity funds, diversified funds, and brokerage services. Now, again, make sure that you look up these things in your country because I'm going to have this podcast be listened to in over 70 countries. It's not situated to just one. So there's a lot of things that we're going to be covering in this. So first and foremost, let me give you the definition. And with those vocabulary terms in mind, go back to listen to it, of course, and write them down. You can put those vocabulary terms into these. So A, an organization that manages the sales of equities, okay? The sale of equities, I'm sorry. So what's an organization that manages the sale of equities? Where do you sell equities? Obviously, it is the stock exchange. So out there in America, again, we probably heard about a short squeeze, of, wait, I'm sorry, a big short, uh, a short squeeze, all these different types of terms that we had to come to grips with over, you know, what had happened in that two-week span of, you know, a bunch of online guys uh, decimating Wall Street hedge fund guys, which was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life. So Stock Exchange of Thailand is obviously different from America. I cannot access the application Robinhood to invest if I don't live in America, right? I even tried going with Merrill Hodge, or I think it was Merrill Lynch. No, Merrill Hodge is a guy. Merrill Lynch is an organization, investment funds, equities, all that good stuff. But the guy, when I went in for that interview at Bank of America four years ago, I told him, I said, well, I live in Thailand, da, 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 da. He said, you know, I hate to interrupt you. I'm going to stop you there. If you don't live here for more than six months a year, there's no way that you're going to be able to invest. So even though, and although I'm an American, it's very difficult for me to invest if I'm not in America. And it's very sad because then I'm like, well, I'm never going to invest into like the, the the New York Stock Exchange. I think there's going to be things that I can do in the future. Maybe I could get into the S&P, Vanguard, all that while I'm living overseas, but it's a little bit scary. Just given the fact that if they find out that I'm living overseas, they'll hurry up and just cancel everything. So that's one of the problems. So make sure you are local and you can invest into whatever it is in that specific country. Here in Thailand, I could buy a condo. I could potentially rent it out, but again, given the fact and the state of the economy, how empty these condos are, they're just, they're building these condos so they could profit 49% from the Chinese that buy them. And then after that, they're just going to have empty condos. So this is what's happening right now. They're building condominiums on land where people are selling them out. And then they're having these big empty condos and they're allowing foreigners from China to buy them. So you can only imagine what's going to happen in probably 20 to 40 years. There could be more Chinese people in this country than Thai people because they're selling their souls to the Chinese. Not that it's bad, I'm, not, I'm just saying. That's your main market. But you need to be very careful because the Chinese are gonna come here and they're gonna make a Chinese business. It's gonna be all China, Chinese, 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 Chinese. That's all it's gonna be. So if you bring people in here, like a foreigner, let's say from France, who creates a business where you have a wide variety and diversity of people <clears throat> who are given to that business, that's good. But if you have someone from China come in and their intent is in the wrong place, they come here and they literally start up a business and that business is all in Chinese and all the people who invest into that business are Chinese, Thai people aren't even going to come close to that. This is one of the big issues. So keep that in mind.
And with that being said, let's go to the next one. B, a collection of different investments. That is called an investment portfolio. People, <sighs> from an online trainer coach, soon to be high performance uh, coach, and, and, and me speaking from a teaching standpoint, an investment portfolio, this is obviously you diversifying your funds. It's very important to do that. What does that mean? Having you're having a number of different baskets and not just having one. So if you look at me from a perspective of a teacher, I know that my full-time job, <clears throat> excuse me again. I know that my full-time job will not bring me much money at all. But I didn't know this until I came to realization last year when he really didn't start taking care of me during COVID. So I said, Arsenio, what can I do to begin to protect me and to do things for me and only me? So as of this year, I got that international school student, okay? Boom, lump sum, bam. Then I got myself a company. And when I got that company, I said, see, this right here, this is when things begin to take off. Because now, first things first, let me give you an example from today. I looked at myself and said, you know what, man? I lost sleep the night before. There's only one class left. I said, I'm going to cancel my full-time job, do only the company. Why? Because I have the authority to do that. And two, I just really, uh, I mean, that's a non-essential, no offense, because they're not looking out for me. They're only looking out for them. So I kind of just say, you know what? For the sake of my own mental health and for the sake of my health, I'm going to do just the company client, the big client today, which is from 3 to 5 p.m. And by the time I get back home, I can get back into my routine. So this is me saying to myself, okay, I do have this full-time job, but I need diversification. And that job is now at the bottom of the list. Now, obviously, my online tutorial students, that's number one. That's the most important, right? Then, obviously, businesses here in Thailand. Okay, international school student. Okay go down to this and then it goes lower and lower and lower and lower till it comes to my full-time job. So again, what brings me the most discontent in my goddamn life? It's my full-time job. Why? I teach young gas students who, no offense, I love my young gas students, but if they are baby's kids, such as badass kids is what I'm trying to say, okay? What is that? Circa 1992, that movie came out. It's a cartoon movie called Bebe's Kids, B-E-B-E -E with an S, Kids. Check it out on YouTube. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for babysitting. If you do not respect me, I will find another teacher to teach you. I don't have time for your shit, and nor do I have time for the little ass, no offense, money that you're giving me. And you have given me over the past four years. I literally just saw a bird that looked like it had gotten thrown in the sky rather than flying. I hope that bird's okay. Anyways, let's continue. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So what I have is, okay, business, that's a huge breadwinner. Online learning, online teaching, Patreon, my coaching services, breadwinner. International school student, breadwinner. This, breadwinner, that, bread, you see what I mean? But last year, I had only three breadwinners Two of which, obviously, given my full-time job, did not give a damn about me. So what I'm trying to say is, during COVID times and your money in general, do you have leverage? Do you have power? If something shuts down, can you look at other things and say, okay, well, I got this. It's kind of like having your, what is it, your, 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 your assets pay off your liabilities, right? 
you know, I actually opened up a bank and remember I told you guys about the different pots that you need. So I got my Visa and my iPhone pot here. I got my monthly rent pot over here. I got this pot. I got that pot. All of these are very, very, very essential because I know when COVID shuts down, who doesn't have my back, my full-time job. But guess what else is still on? Obviously my online teaching, obviously the business, obviously some of my private students. You guys get what I'm saying? One, one, uh, what is it? One, um, like on Saturday evening, a course, which I had been teaching for three years, they ended up just disappearing, not even telling me that they wanted to cancel. And then that's the end of it. And guess what? If I had only them and my full-time job that barely pays me anything per month, if I relied on them, that would have been a 30% or a 25% gone. We're talking I would have lost 25% of my monthly salary. But because I had taken control of my life at the beginning of January, guess what? Everything changed, right? And so the reason why I'm telling you guys this is, do you have control? Do you have your money in different pots in case one goes away due to COVID, in case of one goes away because you have an emergency, in case one goes away because you need to travel? All of these together, do you have control of your life? Last year, I didn't. All my control was in the, in, in the hands of two women, which I ended up teaching on the outskirts of Bangkok, like three hours outside in a place called Kodai. I was not happy with, with where I lived, with where I worked. I didn't like the people. I didn't like those women. I caught them in their lives. I didn't like the neighborhood. I didn't like the loud music at night. I didn't like the constant banging. I didn't like the goddamn mafia that would drive by blasting and blaring out music in the middle of the night. So I quit. I was scared because that was 60% of my monthly salary. Times have changed since then. Because even regardless of if any of these companies and these people who I work for right now, if they end up saying, okay, we're kind of dumb, we don't want anything else, I'm going to be like, okay, because they only make up maybe 10 to 15% of my breadwinning. As I'm telling you to take control, please take control. Now, in saying that, Let's go into C. The money used in different countries, uh, countries. Currency. I know some people who buy and sell currency. Again, this is kind of like a very bleh, bleh game, you know. South African teacher I walked in to work one day. He said, the South African rant is high. Buy some now, sell tomorrow, you will profit. That's cool. That's cool. Strongest currency in the world is obviously the Q80. Uh, I don't know. What do you call that? The Q80 something out there in Q8 the strongest it's like one of theirs is like three us dollars or four us dollars it's insanity maybe it's even more but um but otherwise those are currencies all right so let's keep it going d certificates of ownership in a company given the holder the right to claim a percentage of company profits those are the equities e raw materials such as metal oil or agricultural goods those are commodities what does your country have in terms of commodities? So Thailand, it's not so much rice. It's very sad from a farming perspective because in America, if you're a farmer, you're rich. In, America, in Thailand, if you're a farmer, you're poor. In Cambodia, Laos, even Vietnam because they're not exactly sure how to export their products. Myanmar, it's decimated. Myanmar is the most decimated country on the face of the planet. You don't even know. It's not even about the military regime. You need to look into other of the big states, especially the Shan state, and you will see absolute tragedy. People who have land, they have so much potential, 
but because with the lack of resources and knowledge and education, can't do anything with it. Once we go to non-renewable energy and the whole world makes a shift, what is UAE going to rely on? What are the Arabic Peninsula countries that rely heavily on oil, what are they going to rely on? This is something to look forward to in regards to the future. Now, America has all the commodities. The thing is, and I hate to make this very, very uh, uh, army related, but they like to uh, invade other countries to steal their resources before they tap into their own. And I'll just leave that there. So let's keep it going, people. After general direction of price changes in a security. That is a market trend. So if we look at the market trends of GameStop, and then that CEO of obviously Robinhood, he wanted to hurry up and take the power back because the, the big hedge fund guys were probably calling him and saying, stop it, you need to stop it, stop it, you need to stop it, we'll give you money. And then that's how he ended up obviously profiting and GameStop stock. As a matter of fact, I could look this up right now. GameStop stock. Let's see where it at as it was probably about a month ago. It is down 47%, if I'm not mistaken. At 10 a.m., it started off at 40 U.S. dollars. Let's look at the whole one month. So it was at 347 U.S. dollars as of Wednesday, January 27th, a month ago. It dropped probably, I think, the next day to 193 because that's when Robinhood CEO got pressure from the hedge fund assholes. And then it went back up to 325. And then he said, okay, I'm no longer, you're no longer going to be able to buy or sell or anything. So at the beginning of this month, it went from 90 to 92 US dollars. It went to 60 to 50 to 40. And now it's back up to a little bit slightly to 45. This is a disaster. This is how you see. And again, you know, to step down after Reddit, driven stock rally you see what i mean like it, it could it, the, the, the chief financial officer is going to step down with facebook based on what had happened in regards to reddit it is it, it's sad it's sad again gamestop yes they did end up fortunately making a lot of money if you had sold your stock at 347 usd fantastic but guess what if you have that stock right now it ain't going nowhere because guess what? You're not able to buy more stock. You can only sell it. So again, guys, this is things that you need to learn about. And there's a lot of great terminology and a lot of vocabulary within this podcast that you're going to be able to learn about. So here we go. Let's look at G, a stable return to investors, often through products, products such as bonds. This is fixed income. So it's very good to have fixed income. I had a student probably about two, three years ago. Uh, his name was June. His father owned a piece of land and then people wanted to build stuff on that land. So again, unfortunately, I hope that his father is still alive to this day. Uh, he's just, he's battling like some, I think his bone cancer. Um, but his father taught him a lot about invested in money. It's a beautiful thing. And because his son now owns that piece of land, he gets a return every month. That's fixed income. Regardless if he doesn't even have to work, he gets probably between 40 and maybe 400,000, but we're talking 1,000 to maybe a little over 10,000 a month from that little piece of land. See, that is smart. 
So you guys need to understand in your country, okay, what can I start doing to learn about the different ins and outs of investing here? So here we go. H, investing in more than one type of security to reduce risk. That's obviously diversifying, which I've already spoken about. Then we have I, the amount of return on a fixed income product that is called the yield. And then obviously J, a financial product that collects money from lots of individuals and invests in it. That's, a that's an investment fund. This is how, like I told you guys probably back in season four, if I'm not mistaken, how America ended up, you know, go, it ended up just completely falling apart. Bear, uh, Bear Stearns, um, what is it, Lehman and Brothers, because they got all these, they got essentially, they collected money from a lot of different individuals. And a lot of these were just like hot potato, like dead dog shit. They're called A, single A, double A, triple A. Single B, double B, triple Bs. They got all these money. Little did they know, it wasn't a bunch of 90% over A's, right? Single A's are the best. It was a bunch of double B and triple B dog shit. And once those value went to zero, that particular investment fund also went to zero. So essentially, it's kind of like holding $1 million and then you ended up having $1. This is how the great financial crisis went like it completely fell apart. And this is why a lot of people are more smart about where they're invested. 401ks are trash. They're absolute trash. So I would suggest you guys, obviously on top of listening to my podcast, to listen to Robert Kiyosaki's audiobook in regards to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, okay? Or pick up the book. Just put Rich Dad, Poor Dad free PDF on Google. You don't got to pay for that garbage, okay? And also follow Marco Financial... Yeah, just put Marco, M-A-R-K-O, financial on YouTube, and you guys could start learning. Again, that's very American-based, but again, translate it to your country and see what you can do. So with that being said, guys, vocabulary building day. If you guys want to do some extra exercises, that, that is available, obviously, on my uh, Business English Podcast badge. And if you guys want the additional listening, that should be available, too, right now. And you will get all these episodes, obviously, on my Business English Podcast and the PDFs and a lot of coaching and whatever it is you need. Just contact me directly. And with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the first of the Investment English Podcast. Business English Podcast slash investment. There you go. I'll be back for more. Over and out.